Hello again, I'm Eric with SmartPot Fabric Planters, back with another great episode of The Growing Revolution. And our guest this week is Bart Eller with Paonia Soil Company. They've been making and distributing uh, growing mediums since 2012, and we wanted to get them on the podcast to talk about their uh, journey. So, Bart, welcome to our podcast. Thank you, Eric. Good morning. Thank you. Uh, thank you for making the time. So um, you guys started up in 2012. What were you doing prior to Paonia Soil Company? So I guess you could call me a serial entrepreneur. Um, I've had several startups over the years. Some of them have done great. Some of them haven't. Um, I was out in the Bay actually living here, but had gone out to the Bay for a year to try to launch a global ISP co-op franchise and was helping with the free network in the Bay. So I'm always trying to do things that help people and maybe some of the less privileged people in the world to um, improve their lives. And I'd always had the idea of a soil startup in the back of my head. My mom was a, a wonderful plant culturing hortic horticulturalist and, um, you know, I had grown up around plants. Uh, and then I, uh, I, I'd always thought, oh, the market's all covered. There's no point in starting that. And here where we are in Western Colorado, in our county, we have the highest concentration of organic farmers in the state and the highest number of organic farms in the state. So I've got lots of friends. We were discussing, um, you know, permaculture, regenerative ag, seeing the soil that they were getting from, from all these other places, typically trucked in a long way from California. I really saw that there was a niche in, in the central part of the country, particularly the Southwest for a really good, consistent product. And so I, I set my eyes on that goal to make one of the most mineralized soils and one of the most consistent soils. Nice, nice. Um, how would you say that the business has evolved over the last decade? Oh, um, you know, it's been interesting and there's always another crisis. And the last big one was COVID. Um, it caused First of all, huge demands at the beginning. There were a lot of supply chain disruptions. Um, during that time, a lot of manufacturers kind of jumped on a race to the bottom. Uh, I saw a lot of mixes go uh, to using more bark, more sand. Um, we're just not going to do that. We'll, we'll gamble on that the customer is willing to pay a little more to have the exact same consistent mix. Um, that definitely hurt at the beginning of, of that COVID period. But by the end of the, the summer two years ago, a lot of people who were going for the cheaper products had seen the result of that and, and had come back to our mix where we, we just stuck tight with the, the original ingredients that we'd always been using. Yeah, you, I always say you get what you pay for and garbage in, garbage out. If you're using uh, low-quality medium, it would make sense that the plants you grow wouldn't be as good as 
when you were using the original Paonia mix. So um, that kind of gets me into your customer mix. Um, how is your clientele uh, commercial versus retail, uh, you know, for, for your business? And then of your commercial customers, um, are they growing cannabis, vegetables, fruits? What are they cultivating? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, we we support all growers. We do make our mix to be a professional grade mix. Um, so I would say it's probably a 50-50 mix of pros and end users, consumer end users. Uh, we're wholesale only, so all of our consumer end users are supported through our network of independent stores. We don't do any big box stores. It's against our principles. So we always work with local um, independent stores. Uh, and then we're spread across almost every portion of, of the horticulture base. Um, we do certainly have cannabis customers. Um, all of our cannabis customers are focused on living organic product. Um, and so I would say in Colorado, we have probably most of the big living organic uh, grows and then we're in several other states. Um, but really, I started the company to support organic farms and farmers, um, and and so we we still have a large base in the the farming community as well. In addition to the potting mixes, we make field scale nutrient amendments for farms. Um, that's grown as a, a part of our customer base. Um, so, yeah, hopefully that answers your question. Yeah, and it would make sense that, uh, you know, once farmers pick up a large amount of medium that going forward, they would just need amendments uh, to that to recharge that uh, after the season. Um, so I was looking through your products and it looks like your flagship product is the bomb. And I love the title. Uh, sounds like a winner. What's in it and how should growers use it? Yeah, thank you. And it's funny when you when you create product names like that, that was our product name that I created in the very beginning. And it was almost a little bit sarcastic, but I've got a big sense of humor. And uh, it's it's funny over the years, certain communities, Boulder, they really don't like that product name we thought about changing it and found that there was so much love of that product name that we've decided to keep it, keep it. And, uh, and what, did, what problem did they have with the name? They thought it was uh, maybe militant or something like that. And for me, I'm just trying to steal the word and I'm a jokester and not being too serious. And, you know, we, we had friends around here that when we came up with it said, uh, Oh, the bomb from Paonia Soil. I'd buy that stuff. And, uh, you know, it. it's also funny, you know, our competitors can't say it without saying their soil's the bomb. So once again, there's inherently a joke built into almost everything I do. But uh, the soil well, is it makes not... Sense that it makes sense that people in Boulder would have a problem with that. But uh, I'm sure everyone else in Colorado loves it. A lot of people do, and it was funny that that's where the big the big hard feedback came from. But yeah, the bomb is pretty unique in um, that it is a fully mineralized soil. 
a high feeding, fully mineralized soil. And a lot of people, a lot of kind of maybe more uh, famous growers and things like that will take us to task and say, oh, you can't do what you do. You, you can't create a balanced in ratio, fully mineralized product. You have to use single sulfates, uh, things like that, you know, and we beg to differ. We, we think we've created a very unique product. We've got 24 ingredients in the bomb um, and, and have kind of broken some barriers. It's designed to be right at the limit uh, between standard vegetables, annual vegetables, and um, cannabis. And so as a vegetable soil, we consider it no feed for a full season. You can grow giant award-winning tomatoes, particularly if you have them in a smart pot. Um, we are an aerobic soil. We focus on culturing aerobic organisms. And so the uh, aerating factor of a smart pot is really helpful to us. And we actually have a mix in the bomb line called raised bed mix that uses risoles and not perlite. And it's pretty much designed to work with smart pots in um, the arid Southwest. It holds more water. Um, some people I know have issues with the smart pots drying too quickly but we really love the additional aeration that a smart pot brings and have that special custom mix to counter any of the drying that you get from that aeration. Nice. Um, compost is the, the base of everything we do. And we, we spend a lot of time on our compost that people also said, oh, this isn't gonna be cost effective. So while we have a really big fancy windrow turner, we don't, we only use it to mix our feedstocks. We don't use it for aeration. Uh, we use blowers for aeration. And we, when we turn our product after it's been culturing, we use the front end loaders to gently turn it for the turning part of the process. And in this way, we can preserve our fungal organisms. Um, I don't know how many of your customers know how compost is typically made, but the windrow turner is a giant auger machine and they run that through the pile three times a day. And the fungal organisms are very delicate where the bacterial organisms are not. And so when you use a windrow turner to aerate your compost, you're selecting for a bacterially dominant compost. And in our world, the fungals are some of the biggest heavy lifters, both in decomposition, but also in um, providing resistance to plant pathogens particularly fungal plant pathogens, because not only do some of the fungal organisms attack those fungal plant pathogens, but even if they don't, they're consuming the food resources. So if a pathogen spore lands, let's say for powdery mildew or something like that, it won't have any food resources if there are a lot of fungals already there out competing it. So, you know, we spend about a year, um, there's about four to five months of thermophilic composting. And then the rest of that year is spent in the curing phase. And that's where we bring in a high species diversity. And in our tests, we, we show that there's somewhere around 20,000 and up to 40,000 species of microbes in our, our compost. The dynamic dressing is the name of that compost. 
Um, we also have biodynamic preps done by our, our consultant Lloyd Nelson. Um, we have, uh, you know, we, we, we do a lot of stuff to balance minerally. As I mentioned before, we're students of William Albrecht, soil scientist, PhD from University of Missouri from the 30s and 40s. And we really believe in his work that shows that the ratios of minerals to each other are highly critical for unlocking plant growth. Um, some folks that we really like, like Elaine Ingham, will tell you that uh, you don't need to worry about the minerals, just focus on the biology, which is technically the case if you have all the time in the world. But a lot of people don't have four years, five years, six years to let the minerals naturally bring in the, um, or sorry, to let the biology bring in the minerals. So um, we end up uh, really doing a lot of work to balance those minerals in the beginning. Our mineral blend, our amendment blend that we use to build these potting mixes um, is specially designed and probably one of the more unique things in the market to not be um, thermally heating. So, you know, a lot of the so-called super soils in the world, maybe a subcool or something, cook at 140 degrees. Our amendment blend is designed so that it'll never go above about 105, 106. And in that way, we can keep all of that species diversity that we cultured in the year of composting alive through the curing phase of the potting mix. Um, in yeah. addition, in addition to the compost, we have, you know, the other 23 ingredients and there are things like kelp meal, worm castings, fossilized seabird guano. Um, we have a whole cow mag section, which is dolomite lime, calcitic lime, oyster shell flour, and even a touch of gypsum. And while gypsum is a salt of calcium and is eschewed uh, by um, several soil biology scientists, we think that just a touch of it gives the plants that instant um, access to calcium that they need for optimal, not only optimal growth, but optimal plant immune functioning. Yeah. And ultimately, I, I always say the proof is in the pudding. You know, if you're getting some awesome results uh, out of that soil, then it must be a good soil. Um, so, Bart, what would you say has been your biggest challenge over the last decade? And is that the same largest issue that you're currently dealing with? Well, one challenge is that, as, as I kind of mentioned before, as far as potting mixes go, there are very few people that try to make the best. Um, the consumer is, is obviously always looking for the best deal. Uh, manufacturers know this. So a lot of manufacturers are kind of trying to make uh, as inexpensive of a commodity product as they can. Um, and, and we're not, we're not interested in that. We're, we're trying to make the best product in the world. I'm not going to say we make the best in the world, but we're always trying to do that. Um, and so, you know, every ingredient that's in our mixes is something that we've run trials on and determined that there's an additional benefit. And so our product costs a little more. And so to us, that's the real challenge is how to find and, and then it's easily possible for us to make a product that would price everyone out of the market. 
So finding that balance between making a premium product and not um, pricing it to where the people that we're trying to serve can't afford it is a huge challenge. And we have to really do a lot of tricky things. We use a lot of old farm equipment and then upgrade it with modern computers and drives and electric efficient electric motors uh, to kind of find this balance between, you know, not spending a lot, but having um, highly efficient mechanized systems to make these mixes. Uh, we land probably about somewhere, I would say, oh, maybe 5 to 10% more expensive than a soil like Fox Farm or someone like that. But uh, in trials against ocean forests, we'll double the growth. Um, so, you know, it's, it's always hard to keep your prices low, but try to make a super premium product. Yeah, absolutely. Um, in today's day and age, it is kind of a race to the bottom, uh, you know, especially with soils. But yeah, there's, and I think with education too, people kind of realize, oh yeah, look at this ingredient label list. It's like, you know, a mile long with a bunch of good stuff. Um, so um, you're uh, obviously a big believer in smart pot products. When were you introduced to our containers and what do you like to grow in smart pots? Oh man. Um, yeah, we started getting into smart pots even before the, the company was founded. Um, so I'd say probably about 15 years ago is when we started seeing smart pots, uh, in our Valley, there were certain camps, certainly, uh, and, and I feel like smart pot was a leader, uh, kind of a pioneer in these pots. Um, we, we even saw some of the pots of the high caliper brand in nursery growing the root control bags, uh, products like that. We're really impressed. Um, I think we were some of the first people, I know y'all had made some long custom beds, but I think we were the first folks to get y'all to make uh, smaller, like 10 foot custom beds. That was probably 10 years ago um, before grassroots or anyone was doing that. So we had a bunch of 10 foot by three foot by two foot beds here at my property. Um, that was the company and my wife and my private garden. We've grown almost everything in those bags. I don't think there's many types of plants we haven't grown in them. Um, one of the things we really love about smart pots is the textile that's made in the United States. Um, and it really is superior. You know, we've, we've seen, um, uh, uh, what was the one that was big here for a minute? There was a guy in town, uh, pushing geo pots really hard. And so, you know, you'd see a lot of those geo pots and after one, maybe two seasons in the sun, the geopods had be done. They were, you know, and, and so maybe they saved a buck or two on the geopods, but then they're out there unloading their 300 gallon pot with their big plant in it, with the roots suffering because the pot blew out on the side. Um, my smart pot beds that I had out there made it about eight years before they started showing signs of wear. And that's in Rocky mountain, high UV sun, um, and yeah, it was the south sides of them where the sun really hits them hard that showed the wear. But but I was able to get a, a good solid nine years 
of use out of those beds uh, before we had to had to dig them out and start over again. And I don't think there's any product on the market that can match that that resistance to the sun. Also, the uh, the fact that um, they don't have some of the BPA and other other bad chemicals in them. For us, it just seals the deal, and we're going to be lifelong believers that smart pots are the the brand that um, of of fabric pot that we're going to choose and recommend to our customers. Yeah, pre- appreciate that testimonial, and I think we're kind of like you guys in that you know we're a premium brand. We're going to cost a little bit more than the competition, but customers are going to be well impressed with the longevity uh, of smart pots. You said you got eight to nine years out of yours. Uh, I've seen uh, some that are over 10 years uh, old, still cranking in the field. So yeah, appreciate that uh, testimonial. Um, My pleasure. So would you say, yeah. So would you say that uh, the cannabis business is different on the western slope of Colorado versus on the front range uh, in Denver and then elsewhere? How, how do you guys work uh, in regards to that? I would, and it's been interesting to watch the progression. Um, the west slope, in, in far as growing any type of crop, but cannabis as well, has always been leaning much more towards a natural and organic uh, growing style. Um, you know, we, we had almost instant adoption across the West slope, whereas Denver was a really hard market for us to crack. Um, you know, we go to Denver and people would call us guano growers. They love their salts. They love spraying pesticides. Um, and so it's a real, a real kind of attitude shift and, um, you know, more and more people over there, and there are some really good uh, dispensaries and commercial commercial grows on the front range that have switched to being living and organic. Um, and uh, but but nonetheless, I would say the West Slope always has been and is still the leader in regenerative organic farming and growing. So I would say that's the biggest difference. Nice, nice. Um, so kind of a fun question, Bart, what do you enjoy the most about being an entrepreneur? You said you were a serial entrepreneur and most entrepreneurs are kind of in that same boat. So what is it for you that you really enjoy? Well, I guess uh, a big part of it is the freedom. You know, I, I like the freedom to be creative and to do what I want, um, I don't really fit into the corporate system that well. I can make myself do it, but, um, and, and for better or worse, you know, being an entrepreneur is hard. Like there's no one to blame at the end of the day when things go wrong. You, you have to look back at yourself constantly and say, am I being the best leader? Am I being the best scientist? Am I being the best grower? And, uh, and so that is a challenge, but there's a great reward in it. And, the reward is to be able to have um, your own business that that when it really comes to brass tacks and and I've got a great staff and so I let my staff do and decide what they want but when it really comes down to it uh, and I, I believe in something strongly then I have the authority to 
say, okay, I'm, I'm going to steer this ship and we're going to go in this direction. Um, but you also have to be ready to live with the consequences of those decisions and actions. So it is a double-edged sword, uh, but it's one I love. And I think, I think Paonia Soil will be probably the last um, primary startup that I do. Uh, I believe in the mission. I believe that we're helping heal this planet. Uh, I, I've got kids. I really think that we need to work hard. There's a lot of data out that we've only got about 30 more years of workable topsoil using the so-called conventional system of agriculture, chem, chem newts. And we're burning the organic matter out of our soil globally using that system. And so there will be a crisis coming. There is no doubt in my mind that there will be a, a food crisis. We're already seeing it. Uh, there are health crises people are facing from their diets. And so, um, you know, it, it it's an honor to me to get to try to heal this rock spaceship that we all have to share. And in particular, to leave something a little better, hopefully, for our kids than some of the last generations have left for us. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's, it's really cool to talk with organic, uh, you know, people like yourself who are really concerned about our planet and who are trying to do the right thing to, um, you know, fix our kind of broken system of agriculture, which is not sustainable in the long run. And I totally agree. I think that within the next, you know, 50 years, certainly, I think agriculture is going to have to make a hard pivot towards more sustainable uh, inputs and, you know, uh, more biodiversity. Uh, so I just love what you guys are doing. And um, that's kind of why we wanted to get you on there, uh, on here to uh, highlight you guys and uh, promote the things that you're doing. So uh, any final thoughts uh, before we sign off on, I guess, the state of Colorado or, um, you know, business in general? Oh, uh, you know, we we just love what we do. Um, it's interesting to see the ebb and flow of business. Um, obviously, a lot of the, the folks in the cannabis industry have been hit hard by, uh, you know, commoditization of the product. Uh, they're they're facing the same challenges that farmers have faced everywhere. I I really hope as the consumer um, makes choices about what they're going to buy, they start focusing more on um, spending a little more. You know, I I feel like and and I know it's hard. I know when you're down to your last dollar and you're standing there in a grocery store and you're looking at the conventional product or you're standing there at the dispensary, um, you know, and you're looking at the, the sprayed chem neutered product versus an organic product to take into consideration, for instance, a vegetable um, grown in a conventional setting has 70% less up to 70% less mineral nutrition in it. And so, uh, that extra 30% that you might pay for an organic product actually buys you way more um, mineral nutrition and uh, help help yourself by by making that decision. And then remember that your your purchase is your vote for the type of growing that you want. 
And so um, I guess that would be my final thing is just try to support your organic farms and farmers and make it known that you don't want a, a synthetically grown product, that you want a naturally grown product. You want a pesticide free product, an herbicide free product. And, uh, and if we all do that, we're going to get healthier and we're going to make this world a better place for the kids. Perfectly put. Yeah. Grow your own, support your local farmers markets. Um, a hundred percent. Truly. Yeah. Thanks for the grow your own part. I, I, uh, can't leave out the home growers, you know, those are the real warriors. Um, and that's one of the other beautiful things about smart pots and a product like ours, you put the two together, um, even a person that just has a little concrete balcony in the middle of a city can can grow a substantial amount of their own food and uh, be healthy and sustainable and learn these techniques so that if they ever do make it to a farm, they're not starting from scratch. So, yeah, thank you for all the the amazing products that you all put out. I think they work really well with um, our product and allow people to be sustainable. Yeah, hundred percent. Bart, uh, it's been really a pleasure getting to know you uh, and the company better, and we definitely appreciate your support over the years. So um, hopefully we'll get to meet in person someday uh, at some show. And until then, uh, thank you very much for your time. That's it. Yeah, I missed you at Imperius Expo last week. But Yeah, uh, un- unfortunately, uh, the, the bosses got to work that show, but uh, there's always more in the future. Okay, perfect. Us too. Yeah, we do about 20 shows a year these days, so we'll, we'll make sure we get to meet up out there somewhere. 100%. Thank you so much. Thank you, Eric.